it's not that bad. It's I think I think it's like if I put my mindset into like a martini. I hate the brandy aftertaste. Like it makes me want vom. But the gin and the juice is fine. I think I just need to like change my mind about it. Like what I thought it was going to taste like. The aftertaste is literally like um, if you've ever just puked bile. Oh, yeah. I've done that. That's fun. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. Stop. You don't need to add anything. Just drink it. Okay. Coming from your professional bartender spouse, just down it Ugh. and maybe try again later. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> or chug a beer or something as a palate cleanser. Just wasn't really, uh, didn't, I literally didn't think it out at all. And usually that works okay. You should have just stopped at the gin and juice. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. I didn't. No. Nope. Oh, well. Welcome back to Otaku, everybody. <laughs> Was uh, was all that uh, recorded? So on this week's episode, <sighs> we are not talking about bartending, actually. No. <laughs> We are still on our 90s OVA bullshit. Yeah, I have, uh, I mean, we both have strong opinions on this one. And I kind of feel bad because we didn't set out to watch this one at this point. We didn't. Um, I did want to talk. I did want to watch this. It was on the list. It was a lack of being able to find, excuse me, anything else um, that I really did want to watch. Like, okay, so I'm trying to find the Utna movie i guess i don't even know if this exists i might I mean no we found it it's it's on our to watch list now No, that's like the 2011 thing still no i found another one it's the older one okay see like in my brain i'm like i can't remember if bunny gave me the dvds of like the actual series to watch because it's not that long or if she actually gave me like the movie and i i literally i have no idea and i probably won't know until i watch it and even then i'll probably be like i don't know yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize that there was a more modern version of Utna. Like, I'd only ever seen Utna referenced in the 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 twenty tens. Like, the aughts, like the early aughts, gave us the world. Us, the world gave the world some really ridiculously like reworked anime. I I told you I was reading those like JoJo articles today, and it was like. There was another OVA that came out, like, after... Another JoJo OVA? Yeah, it was for Phantom Blood. What? But it was a limited... Uh, I can't remember if it was theatrical. I think it was a limited Japanese theater-only release. And it was never released on video, DVD, or anything. And it was never, um, like, released in any other language except Japanese. Surprise! I mean, does it exist and is it like a lost media kind of thing or i think it's a lost media kind of thing <sighs> yikes that's gotta be driving like diehard jojo fans must like that's like you'll like you go to a back alley and some dude's like all right that's gonna cost you two fingers and i have it on yeah fucking vhs and i don't i don't want to actually announce how much we paid for the all-star <laughs> battle game because that was way more than i thought we were gonna pay for it well you really wanted it i did 
I, I mean, thought it was my birthday present as well. No. Psych! I mean, I, I feel comfortable saying that that was the most expensive video game I've ever bought. Yeah, like actually. But I mean, not by that much. Because like I told you previously that video game prices in the 90s were yeah exorbitant. Insane. So I guess like, I mean, technically... I think Super Metroid, I'm not like I bought it, but Super Metroid was like $70 or $75 in nine, 1995 money. Right. So for so, my parents, it's like $100. Yeah. So, psych, we're not talking about JoJo Utna <laughs> or Super Metroid. No, none of, yeah, you, you would be, uh, you'd be remiss if you imagine from uh, our. <laughs> I almost just knocked over my drink. Yeah, that would be a faux pas. Yeah. Um, right directly into the GameCube. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Nintendo. Mm. I'm just kidding. We love you, Nintendo. No, Nintendo could go fuck themselves right now. I'm mad at Nintendo. Yeah, a bunch of people are. Yeah. I feel you on that. So what we are talking about is going to be the OAV OVA Blue Submarine number six. Yeah, Blue Sub Six. Um, which according to was this on Prime again? Yes. This is another Prime. Another unexpected Prime. Uh it's only in English again, which again, like shockingly not a bad dub. I love the Actually, dub. I think it was better than Iria. Oh, yeah. It was definitely better than Iria. Um, but the because it was released in 98, like it's just the fucking most god-awful CGI. And we also have a very high-resolution television. Yeah. So I think that probably doesn't help. Like, yeah, remembering kind of, sort of, watching this on Toonami on my parents like really old like before widescreen tvs were even like a thing and like low resolution like the cgi probably wasn't that bad but like somewhere in like the abyss of my memory i think i tried to get my dad to watch this with me anything anime that was like new i had tried to convince my dad to watch with me Mm-hmm. at one point because he was convinced that all I was watching was hentai mm. as a 13 year old 14 year old see the only thing I, I also tried to get my parents to watch everything anime and I got some a little bit of success with my father because he genuinely enjoyed the uh, Batman the animated series like the original one for WB mm-hmm. like he like would sit there and watch that and he was like really into it so by proxy, that was like my rubric against which would be like, okay, like I think there's a decent chance that he'll actually get into this. And like, so there was certain shows kind of like, you know, Blue Sub was one of them, like action oriented yeah. and stuff. I think that's why I wanted my dad to watch this with me was because of the, it was action oriented and kind of sci-fi-y. Yeah. Um, I do remember actually convincing him to watch uh, Princess Mononoke with me as well. And he was just like, Bleh. I mean, Mononoke is like, it's pretty intense right it is but as again as a, like a 12 14 year old um a lot of those thematics went right over my head and i think i like in the depths of my memory i recall him saying something about how he could not watch blue sub six with me because the cgi was so bad see i and i didn't i it, it just didn't it for me i and like that obviously um carried forward <laughs> to your opinion now no Whereas, i went in i went in with this with like a that's probably a false memory i probably don't actually remember that no i know i meant like immediately you were like no this is actually exactly how i how i feel and i was validated by that but for me from the time like i don't really remember having an opinion on the I know, cgi dude i literally went into this not expecting the cgi to be that bad 
Okay. See, I, I... I had high expectations for it. I did not remember it being A, that CGI heavy, and B, that, like, just, ooh, like, what? Yeah. I do remember it being very CGI heavy, which probably the shock of it probably didn't help you. Um, so I do remember it being very CGI heavy. Um, I do remember at the time being perfectly okay with the CGI, but it did not... Neither of us can deny that it did not age well at all. Which no, it really definitely didn't. Sucks. But okay, the CGI didn't age well, but the the hand painted uh, scenes and the like, the actual animation right. is beautiful. That's what I was just gonna say. Like in stark contrast, I feel as though if the animation itself and the actual hand drawn stuff was not as good as it is, that the CGI would not be as starkly upsetting uh yeah <laughs> absolutely like it's just it's wild to me because that was super jarring yeah i feel like honestly blue sub has better hand-drawn art and direction and composition for the scenes than area did um and area was already a really Iria had high a high standard yeah area had a lot of still background shots and things like that and mm-hmm. and blue sub six did as well but again, it is very obvious that they were like hand painted. Yeah. Because I, I think I looked at you like in the first episode and I was like, that's fucking hand painted, right? And you were like, yeah. I'm like, it's so obvious, but it's so beautiful. And it's mm-hmm. there's something not timeless about it, but very nostalgic. I'm actually, now that you mentioned that, like I would be interested in buying, obviously like animation cells are like a, like I'm definitely like oh yeah I love that shit like still would love that shit but honestly buying shit. like backgrounds which are cheaper by a lot tech- typically for a lot of these shows what would, would you do with them I mean I'd you know frame them like what we why have why don't you paint your own stuff and we can frame it <laughs> I mean I guess I mean what you're you... a good painter I guess I would love to see you um, do like a like a personal interpretation of something that speaks to you, some background or some scene of some anime, and like really just like um, in your own style, like paint it. I really, I think that would be good. What is he doing? Cat's just fucking rubbing on something. I think he's rubbing on your stand. Where? Oh yeah, he's underneath. He's clunk, underneath clunk, my clunk. chair. He's... Clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah. Like, what is that noise? Clunk, 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 clunk. Um, can we also talk I about... Mean, okay, I'll do that. I can do that. That's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, I'm really excited for that. I think you should definitely dabble in art more. Stop! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes. You're going to get... You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get kicked Zach, out. stop. Have a seat in your chair. Be good boy. There you go. Um, the orange cat is in here with us again. Um, but what I wanted to say was much like Iria, where like she's kind of drifting in space and it's very quiet and there's no background noise. There are so many scenes in this OVA that have no background sound whatsoever. It's literally just like the dialogue. There's no beeping. There's no electronic noises. There's no music. Stop biting me, sir. Me. I didn't do it. Not you, the cat. Right. Um, but then, like, during the action sequences and everything, it's, like, this fucking crazy jazz, like, reminiscent of bebop, like, just very, like, 
wild and out there and just like fast paced and you know how much I hate jazz. I know. Sorry, when you were just snapping your fingers like that, he was like, he started freaking out like you were going to play with him. Like he started like doing his like crab thing sideways. Like, yeah, it was really stupid looking. Oh, God. Um, I, I actually feel the opposite of that. What do you mean you feel the opposite? I'm having a strong. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe we are saying the same thing. I just, maybe in a different way. Yeah. Okay. In like in in just basic like communication scenes where it's like two to three characters tops, there's nothing huge going on. Like the the background noise is non-existent. It's literally just a dialogue. And then when there are scenes of action, it's there's more background noise. There's the jazz music playing. There's all kinds of stuff happening. There's conversations overlapping. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, the one scene that really stuck out to me from um, the first episode, like, I don't know, but I vaguely recall the scene of the the fish hybrid creature um, slash siren getting set free. Mm-hmm. And like, that's really all like, besides like the entire planet being covered by the oceans, that's really all I fucking like remember from watching this on Cartoon Network back in the day. I um I don't remember them cutting any scenes from this show and I have to really give it I have to give Cartoon Network a lot of credit. They did a lot of hand centering of some boobs in this show. Yes. Like a lot. Yeah. Cuz this aired on Toonami at which was like 5:30 evening in the afternoon. time like evening hours, yeah. yeah. And it was like a it was a big event. Family like, evening hours. Yeah, this was like a big event at the time, which is part of the reason why I was so excited about it cuz as I've said in the past on this uh, and reiterate again, anything that was animated that wasn't strictly Dragon Ball or Sailor Moon or something like that, I was obsessed with. So anytime that it showed up on television, I was like full-blown like panic attack like gotta see it it's really funny to think that you and i i mean we're six months apart in age with you being an older person but like it's so funny to me to think that you and i were watching like the same stuff probably at the exact same time and had no idea of each other's existence like so many fucking years ago Mm -hmm. like literally like half of our lifetime like more than half of our lives ago yep and besides my two best friends growing up like i really didn't know anybody that even in like liked anime until i started talking like to people leave her alone holy god okay um until i started talking to, like random people on the internet as you do mm-hmm. on aim mm-hmm. when you're 14 mm-hmm and yeah i went through a lull where i was just like man whatever anime blah like i'm not interested and it's just wild to me that like now we have an anime centric podcast and you're just as into it as i am and you were just as into it as i was back then and like we had no idea that we even existed (laughs) i mean yeah that's it is is some iraqi bullshit this is some iraqi storyline bullshit I mean, you know, lots of people like anime and but it is, I, I do agree with you that the alignment of the exact same shows that we both watched. Yeah. 
Like it was like you know, there's stuff that you watched that I didn't, and vice versa, but not a lot. Right. Well, <laughs> like not yeah. a ton. And there's some stuff that I definitely have heard of because of like one or two close friends of mine talking to me about it versus you being like, I've literally never heard of that. Yeah. But I'm just like, I thought it was like a household weeb name at the time. I've at least, I've at least heard in tangent, like tangentially a lot of the stuff and vice versa. But I, and it's funny because like blue sub, I, I'm like, oh, well, nobody knows Blue Sub, even though it's this huge television event and you know Blue Sub vaguely. Like you said, you saw a little bit of it. but Yeah, there's some really interesting things that Blue Sub puts forth, um, like character-wise and plot-wise. Well, okay, so the plot, if you can read contextual clues, you get it, like right away. It's very obvious, like, what's happened. Mm-hmm. But if you're like maybe not able to do that like i didn't like the pacing of this i think that more exposition up front might have been a little bit better rather than okay so supposedly there's this evil dude who flooded the planet i mean but we don't know what his actual motives are we don't know like if he's trying to pull a Thanos or if it was like a whoopsie daisy, he didn't mean to do that. So the first episode did have a lot of exposition. I don't know if you, I think you might've been um, working on something else while we were kind of listening to that. Excuse me? Me? Distracted by something? Never. Specifically, and it was only maybe one or two scenes worth. It was when exactly it was when they were when she finally finds him in his like shitty little Hayami, right? Yeah, like hovel of a apartment or whatever. And he's like, she steps on a syringe, and it's, but it's still super fucking cryptic. Yes, but I will. I'm not disagreeing with you. I feel like they could have done a much better job of handling the same end goal result. Sorry for the brief interruption. We had to stop recording and I had to go retrieve one of the cats because she was assaulted by one of the other cats. And we had to make sure she was injury free because there's a long history of her having to go to the emergency vet because of the other cats. So anyway, back to the podcast. Hmm, having cats. So we were talking about the plot line and there's like a lot of weird cryptic interactions with like a lot of the I don't want to say like tertiary characters but like the the hybrids specifically I don't think the the vo- vocal <laughs> effects help any with some of them yeah because it's really hard to understand but <clears throat> I did think that was weird um and I noted it and I noted it later on because it sounded because I was convinced for a minute that they had that they had fixed it and done a better job several episodes in from the first episode. But then the last episode, it sounded almost like they went back to the same level of vocal, like vocoding kind of weird thing. Yeah. It makes it at times almost illegible or inaudible. Inaudible. Um, and I feel as though. 
honestly, it probably would have done them benefit of just doing almost like a growling, just snarling kind of thing with the vocals and having right instead of having like seventeen different pitches of the same voice. Yeah, and just subtitling it and being like, "Oh, what are they saying? Oh, we can't understand because we're not talking hybrid thing." So. Yeah, but I think that might have taken the poignancy of some of the scenes away at the later part of, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Could they have? Sure. Did they? No. We'll never know. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of weirdness going on. The, the, The token savant child with synesthesia has synesthesia on top of everything else and of course she's a sensor and she just can commune or under like she it's just it's just funny it's like check the box like yep for nine late 90s anime yeah Yeah. you gotta you gotta have the kid that has unexplained superpowers for no reason and yeah and we have no idea where she came from yeah she's just someone's kid yeah i guess uh for a show that is as busy as it is at some t- at times. I will say that there is a whole lot of not a lot of supporting characters. There is people that you see a couple scenes of in the entirety of the show, which isn't a lot. It's only four episodes. Yeah, there is a lot going on for for such a compact time. It just feels as though, like you had said earlier, that if it had better time management for its sorry <laughs> if it had better time management for its pacing i feel like they could have done themselves a lot better service than just glancing over certain things just who is this guy like what why do i give a shit about these characters who's this guy that just they just rolled down the yeah no idea who hayami is aside uh-huh. from a former sub pilot I feel like there is a ton of unnecessary monologue in this that probably doesn't really help the pacing at all there's a lot of moments and you were talking about it earlier where everything else kind of cuts out and it's that late 90s early 2000s shit where it's just edgy almost edgy borderline edgy exposition just for the sake of being like oh man everything sucks i don't care like blah 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 you know what i mean yeah i didn't feel like there's an excessive amount of that so what would you say the worst thing about the pacing is then like what is it that causes that okay so if 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 i were to redo this and if i were to direct a a team of animators to tackle this again i would treat the first episode as everything background like who the fuck is zorndike who the fuck is hayami like what happened you Mm -hmm. know at least for like the first like 20 minutes of it and then like the last 10 minutes you can actually like get into like Mm -hmm. kino and other dude guy whose name i forget like finding Hayami and being like, listen, we need your help. And then that leads you into episode two and three, which will be like your main action focus episodes where they're like, you know, showing the sub in action and um, battling the, the pirate ship full of hybrid weird creatures. Then like, you know, your final episode could be like the same as it is just like the resolution kind of like maybe a lot less bombastic. Cause you'd have all the, fight and battle scenes and stuff in the second and third episodes and i think episode four could just like be that resolution like where they confront zorndike and everything kind of does what it does it doesn't really resolve necessarily but it does what it does i mean i meant resolve in the 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 technical right the story the climax is over the story can come to a conclusion as is 
So, <clears throat> I mean, that makes sense. But I had a thought just now, and I feel like this could have been a kind of cool alternate way to frame and pace things while allowing for the same time footprint. They could have they could have done a lot of the backstory and exposition through flashbacks or dream sequences that he's having um, at various points throughout throughout yes. the series. Like, they could have done so many like, things. Like as say that they they find him and wake him from one of these dreams. Like it's like you get all this backstory like immediately. It's chaotic. You get this immediate like wow, what the hell is happening? Like the world's ending. He's got this mission. He's like, you know, he feels betrayed because he didn't really do anything wrong, but everyone's accusing him of this and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden he gets woken up by these people that he, the last people in the world he wants to see is the Navy. You know what I mean? And then every time he's like has a sleep sequence, it could be another little bit of that backstory as to why these things are important and why these characters are important and what they did. I am going to disagree with you here because you're, you're putting a lot of the honest on Hayami's character, but... Kino and the rest of the people on board the sub definitely had a good amount of story to tell as well. And I think... <clears throat> I just meant from a backstory perspective. No, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Like a world framing kind of thing. I guess. But I think it would have been better to just like maybe just do the flashbacks instead of like focusing on like him having dream sequences or something. Yeah. It just... It, it sucks because I honestly feel as though... I have a more positive looking back now that I've seen it again for the first time in a long, long time opinion of Iria than I do of Blue Sub 6. And I did not think that that was going to happen. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I thought it was going to be exact opposite. I thought Blue Sub 6, I was going to be like, oh, damn. Like, yeah, that was great again. Like, so good. Like, 10 out of 10, let's watch. I'll watch it again, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But honestly, I for all of its faults that Iria has, I feel like it has more charm and more lasting appeal to it, it. I also feel like that, and that was my first time ever seeing it because just looking at some of the things I wrote down like while we were watching Blue Sub 6, I have so many questions that went completely unanswered. Like, why does that one siren kind of creature sound like Elsa? Slash who watched this and went, we need to make that a song yeah, at Disney. Yeah. Uh, why is the, why is Zorndike trying to shift the poles? I still don't know if they said release the grandpas or the Krampus or neither. I think it was a horrible muxing of both. And then the big whale kind of looking creatures they kept referring to as musica, yeah. which is a Greek dish. So that confused me further. Because every time they were like, Isn't shoot that... the moussaka, I was like, no, no, it's delicious. Don't do that. Isn't that moussaka? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> but depending on who you talk to and yeah. their inflection, um, yeah, the moussaka that they were saying in the show just utterly, utterly confused me. And that was like uh, a, that was a whole other weird thing that didn't get explored at all and was very significant. Yeah, suddenly. considering they were incredibly sentient. Like all yeah. these hybrid creatures are sentient. Yeah, they're sapient. They're salient. But they're like basically human intelligence or Right. Or so this giant hybrid whale weird creature, like squid creature thing, like literally says like I'm sentient and I don't know why mm-hmm. they chose to do this to me. <laughs> I'm just some, like it's some very suddenly extremely heavy meta. 
yeah to the story and you're like where did you come from i thought y'all were just like mindless bad guys but then like in the last episode they they get to antarctica and it's there's like some avatar looking fuckers suddenly suddenly everybody else is on this pirate ship that's the main they're all sea creatures and these are definitely land-dwelling creatures them avatar looking motherfuckers well some of them are like cat like and then the and also the sirens cat sound like cats and he even like when they're not sounding like elsa they sound like cats yeah and the main villain even's like father never understood cats yeah papa never understood cats and this or that i'm like we both looked at each other and we're like wait seriously (sighs) yeah i just i'm i'm left with far more questions that I'm comfortable being left with. I think I think the the worst thing that is And I liked Bird Box. Yeah. I think the the worst thing for me to for the takeaway is that like you said Zorndike's motives don't really make any sense to me. Like when like what was the timeline of him creating these things or the animals? He doesn't even give an excuse. He right. he just is like, "Yes, I killed off most of 10, 10 billion 10 billion people." almost 10 billion people like i just killed them because i could well so you're playing god no 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 not me never me never yeah um but yeah dude straight up pulled a thanos and then didn't have anything to say about it like he's just like well haven't you learned something and it's just like i learned that that fucking whale squid weird kaiju looking motherfucker was sentient and i have questions about that i learned that she made some really fuckable trees oh yeah how about that that was weird yeah that was really weird they they took the took the fruit the mystery fruit off the tree that was that was really good timing for that joke on my part yeah it was because what how i don't even remember how the scene went i'm gonna completely ruin it trying to describe it but it's like in the last episode you'll know it because i think he's talking to hayami and kino and he's just like there's something i have to admit or like something like that and i'm like he fucking that tree yeah i think honestly zorndike's voice performance is the worst in the whole show also which sucks because he's supposed to be the big villain and i always like it when a villain has a really good voice villain voice yes that's most the reason why i I love dio so much also Part of the thing is like, is like, is he a villain? Like, did he actually kill 10 billion, almost 10 billion people to like kind of save the planet? Right. Like what, like, where do you, where do you put the planet above other lives? But then he created life after destroying life. So is it like, is he back at zero? Like, And, and he's like, he's like, well, did you even, did you even try to broker peace with them? Like they're like he's like Hayami's like, like they maybe attack you should, first. Maybe you should tell your shark goblin child that um yeah. to stop attacking us. Right. But I'm like I'm like, okay, what's the timeline? Did you kill like nine and a half billion people first, or did you create, create. <laughs> these guys and then everyone hated them so much that they went to war with them? I'm pretty sure you killed like nine and a half billion people and then as a side effect, these guys you 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 terraformed Ant, like Antarctica and what if mm. <laughs> what if Zorndike killed almost 10 billion people and somehow harnessed their psychic energy and put them inside hybrid creatures to make them sentient see I feel as though that's a very weird thing to say <laughs> <laughs> and very anime <laughs> but and I love that. I'm into it. 
But unfortunately, I think there was only like a couple thousand of the bad guys in existence, which is another weird thing because like really like the entirety of all the world's forces listen got their asses whipped. This is what I learned from this. Hmm. One man. Mm-hmm. I'm writing notes right now. One catfish slash siren thing together. Mm-hmm. They stop a nuclear war between man and the ocean. Hmm. I'm putting, I'm underlining this one. That's all I got from this. Here, listen. I underlined that one. Why do I have to listen when I can look directly at you? No, the the, the listeners, <laughs> the theoretical listeners. That's a really good ASMR just then that you pulled off. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I, you don't, you don't understand how much I wanted. I, I liked this, but I really wanted to fall in love with it again. Like, I loved this show when I was younger. Like, I loved it. Did you want to make love to it? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Why do you make me feel weird about it? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm not trying to yuck your yum. I just. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> I think that's been sitting inside. That word, that gross word, just like that, so vehement, has been just sitting inside of me all day because someone came into my job earlier and had on a, a certain pin. Hmm. And as soon as I, as soon as I greeted this table and I looked down at the pin, I just went, hmm. <laughs> I had to physically stop mm-hmm. myself from just being like, ew. Ew, David. Ew, David. Um, I just, I really wanted to have that wreck, like that, that nostalgic like, this good was feel. as badass as I remember. Yeah. And it's still good. But not nearly as good as I remember. Thought it like was. when we tried to a couple years ago when we started rewatching Tenchi, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be like a huge nostalgia bomb for me." And then I was like, "I don't fucking remember any of this." Yeah, because there's like 18 different iterations of Tenchi, and there's there's <clears throat> no telling. I remember being very confused about that, even when I was like fully absorbed in that shit back in high school. Yeah, like I was like, "Okay, is it?" It, which of these, which of these, like it's like a quiz show, like which of these Tenshi Moyos is canonical to the series? Which one came first? Which one's a spinoff? Like I mean, if we dove deep enough, we would be able to find the answers to this. No, I know. But at the time I was like, I don't fucking know what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad enough that they showed somehow they got away with showing the original, I think the original quote unquote run of some of it on Toonami. I don't know. Even though it was hella censored. Hella censored. Because that shit was hella horny. Do you remember they drew on the bathing suits? I do remember I remember seeing that and being like, why does that look so fucking weird? That's like dedication. Can you imagine some being some schmuck at Toonami and being like, what the fuck do I get? What am I? What? What do you want me to do? I have to hand draw bathing suits on these characters because you guys... I don't think they did it at Toonami. Like, whoever dubbed it because it was in, it was dubbed. I know, but it whatever was... company dubbed it, I think, is in charge of also censoring it for American audiences. Because oh no, boobies! It's just like I was like, I remember the first time we watched it, I was like, what? <laughs> like we watched it, and I was like, what do you mean boobs in this? Because I'm like, they didn't cut any of this episodes, which was like the whole thing with uh, Outlaw Star, is that they sent they they completely cut out an entire episode from that series on Toonami because there was just too much nudity apparently and I didn't even know about that until I bought it on DVD and I was like what do you mean there's an episode between these two episodes and it's literally Hot Spring Planet which is like the entirety of the first 
I don't know, 30 episodes. Can we talk about that as a fucking anime trope? Sure. Yeah, that is a fucking thing. Like, that is a whole thing. There's there's hot spring episode and beach episode. Yep. <laughs> That's it. The, the beach episode is shoujo, yes. always. Yes. And the hot spring episode is shonen, mm-hmm. always. Always. So, that being said, why the fuck haven't we gotten a hot spring episode in JoJo? <laughs> Araki knows that people would literally fucking drown. <laughs> I would lose my mind. The, they would like, you know, the whole thirst thing. Mm. They would, they the thirst would not even just be satiated. It, they would drown in their seats. Certain aspects of the fandom would literally be barking from the day it aired <laughs> until the day they fucking die. Oh, I love that meme. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's like the, uh, like the fucking old school Warner Brothers cartoon. Oh, All yeah. right. So that being said, um, just as a quick aside of... The parts of JoJo we've seen. Are we talking slash about JoJo red. again? Shush. Damn I it. just, I, this is on my mind. I just want to ask right, you. Right, 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 right. It's good content. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Pre- please proceed with good content. Um, What part of JoJo would you insert a hot spring episode into? That is not where I thought that question was going. What part of JoJo would you insert a... Can you just answer the question, please? <laughs> I would do that with part four. Why? Because it has the most, like, it makes the most sense for the story for that to even be plausible. Wait, is Battle Tendy's oil pillar scene <laughs> a Rocky's version of a hot springs episode? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's a volcano, so it's hot. It's not a volcano. No, I was thinking of further on. Yeah. Womp womp. Joke's <laughs> I mean, dead. Uh, did I kill the joke? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, guys. It's fine. Um, all right. So what are your takeaways from Blue Sub 6 that we haven't already covered? Uh, I'm done. I'm ready to put this to bed. It's okay. I, I got that. Um, I just think that I am mad that it was not better than I remember it. So basically, I am very upset, <laughs> and the reason is that I honestly, I just honestly, uh, firstly, I'm upset because we didn't get a chance to watch this in Japanese because I've never seen it in Japanese, and I'm honestly interested to see what it would have been like if it was in Japanese with the voice cast and with maybe some of the differentiation in the story. Who knows? But more directly, I'm upset because I didn't get that nostalgia kick that I was hoping for. Um, it's fine. The voice acting, I feel like for the time is an achievement. Honestly, they did a really great job of the voice acting, but aside from that, I was underwhelmed with rewatching it and I wasn't really ready for that. Yeah. I was very underwhelmed with the plot and the soundtrack. And I was very overwhelmed with the confusion and the CGI. (laughs) Yeah. Overwhelmed in a bad way. Yes. Yeah. I was, I'd say like the one, my best takeaway is the voice acting and the traditional animation is both really, really impressive. And if you're into really impressive traditional animation and late nineties anime, this is a good one. This is a tour de force. Honestly, there's a lot of really good techniques and they did not skimp at all with the budget for that stuff. But boy, I wish they had just really fucking gone with it a hundred percent and just not done any of that CGI. Cause it would have been, 
Ugh, I feel like this would have really been up there with the classics for animation if they had done that. But oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Right. But that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on the same page with you here. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Blue Sub Six, we it kind of you know it was a well, I guess we're gonna watch this. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, literally. Not very enthusiastic, but uh, it was a good trip kind of down vague memory lane for me because I, I really honestly did not remember much of this. I don't even think I ever saw the ending of it just because of either like soccer practice or something after school. And I'm, I'm glad it's out of the way. <laughs> it's done. The end. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's out of the way. Knock it off the chart. Right. Uh, no idea what we're going to watch next. It's Greg's turn to pick. So I, I guess technically... I, I feel bad about that, so it's like, fine. Kind of want to watch Bubblegum Crisis, honestly. Then I guess that's what you're gonna pick if you decide to pick it. Cool. I lied to you guys last episode about the himbos thing. Uh, we're trying to get a guest um, on the podcast, but uh, things are really difficult right now uh, due to the pandemic mm. and uh, just 2020 in general. So if we can't get someone on has a featured like kind of episode about himbos and Jojo specifically, then we'll do it ourselves. But, um, we're just trying to kind of find a way to make this work without anyone getting ill. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's kind of important these days. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for listening. All, uh, probably one or two of you and we will be back next week with another nineties OVA. Yep. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.